Hey everybody, it's Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram. And you can download the Fern Creek Christian Church app on your phone today. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus, to be a disciple that makes more disciples. So without further ado, here's the message. It's great to see you. You know, when I, when I look at, at, at that video, I'm reminded the first number was for, I think, our very first ever birthday gift to Jesus offering where you gave all of that money away to people that you've never even met. Second number, remember we wanted to raise $15,000 to put in a safe haven baby box. $15,000. We thought, man, that's, that's going to stretch us. And then, man, God did immeasurably more. And, and so I just, it's really cool to remind ourselves about the God that we serve. Um, he, he does immeasurably more. And we're going to talk about that today. It's a great day to get together as we normally do to to worship, to lift the name of Jesus high. If you're visiting with us once a month, we sing the old hymns. We, we don't want anyone to forget these amazing songs of our ancestors, and they have so many great things to teach us still today. And so as we worship, as we break open the word of God, as we do every single Sunday, it's going to be a great day, just like a normal Sunday would be. But we're really also excited to take up this offering for our K through second grade wing. God has blessed us. He's done immeasurably more uh, as he's brought in young families and lots of kiddos to our church. And that's a wonderful thing for a healthy church to see a lot of kids. And so as, uh, as, as we've grown in that area, we're out of room. And we've been out of room for a long time. And so we scrambled and we put some Band-Aids on some things. And so we went to some adult classrooms and said, we need your classroom. Would you move? And, and, and they moved. And that just kind of Band-Aided things for a while. And then we needed more space. And so the staff got together and we said, listen, we don't need offices. We can get rid of our offices and we can remodel that space. That'll be a lot economically, financially it's a more financially responsible thing to do than to build brand new space. And so, man, that construction has been going. And so today is a culmination where we've asked you for weeks to pray and to fast. Every single penny of the offering that we're taking up today is going to go to that project. I have no idea what God's going to do. We, we, we've not done a dessert. We've not wined and dined you. We've not called the top 20 givers. We've just said, hey, listen, let's just pray. Let's do what God it's called us to do. Let's bring an offering and see what happens. So I, I can't be more excited, but it's going to be a remarkable, remarkable day. So before we, we continue, let's pray and let's thank God for all that he's done and ask him to do something immeasurably more we could ask or imagine. Father, we thank you uh, for all that you've done here at Fern Creek and all that you're doing. God, God, you have blessed us. You have led us. You continue to call us. So we praise your holy name. God, we do. We do ask that you would, once again, one more time, do more than we could ask or imagine. Not so that Fern Creek Christian Church would be known, but so that the name of Jesus would be lifted high. We want your name to be the name. So, Father, would you uh, receive all the glory, all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I, I, I don't know if you've looked over the course of your life, if you could look back and, and you could, have you ever done anything 
where you just pushed way past your limits? Like, have you ever accomplished something that you thought like there's no way I should have been able to do that? I mean, maybe you ran a marathon or you started a business or maybe you gave birth to a baby or you swam with a shark, but have you ever done anything that just, just blew you away? Like, look at what I did. I, I think it teaches us that if we if we train and if we put our minds to it and keep our hearts in it, you and I can accomplish amazing things. And let me give you a classic example. At 29,032 feet, Mount Everest is the highest spot on our planet. Planes travel at 29,000 feet. It's so tall, you only have a third of the oxygen you do at sea level. Uh, only 6,338 human beings have stood on top of that mountain and come back down alive. So to summit Everest, you have to be in peak physical condition. You have to have a lot of things break your way and you gotta be able to put your mind over matter and, and, and you also have to be pretty young, <laughs> right? You gotta be pretty young to do it. But check this out, May 2013, at the age of 80 years, 244 days, Yuchiro Miura became the oldest man to stand on top of the world. Can you imagine summiting Everest at 80, almost 81 years old? It's staggering to me. I, I mean, listen, at 56 years, and 278 days, there are mornings when I'm on top of the world if I can get out of bed and not pull a hammy, okay? <laughs> so I look at a guy like that and I'm going, man, that's amazing. So, so whatever your age, I just wanna remind you, my friends, that even in your frail humanity, you are capable of way more than you think you are. But even even when we do push our minds and push our bodies and push our spirits to, to the limit, guess what? We still have limits. There are still limits to what you and I can do. And because of our human limitations, one of the things that is often hard for us to do is to grasp the greatness of God. Oh, we try. We try to think about him and we sing to him and we study about him, but as hard as we try to grasp the greatness of God, it's just something that you and I cannot do. The prophet Zechariah. Now next year, next year, uh, we're gonna go through the minor prophets. We're gonna take the first 12 weeks of the year and we're gonna pick a minor prophet. We're gonna go through all 12 of them. So in preparation of that, I'm reading in Zechariah. And Zechariah uh, unpack something about the greatness of God that just struck me. So I want to read. I want to read out of the second chapter of Zechariah for today as we talk about uh, God today and the glory of God. And I want to show you what he wrote. Look at verses one through four, Zechariah chapter two. I looked, and there was a, uh, before me a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, "Where are you going?" And he said, "Well, I'm going to go measure Jerusalem to find out how wide and how long it is." And while the angel who was speaking to me was leaving, another angel and said, came, came, came to meet him and said, hey, hey, tell that young man, stop. Tell, tell that young man, Jerusalem's gonna be a city without walls. Now, one of the things that you learn about God in Zechariah chapter two is that he's immeasurable. 
he, he's immeasurable. Now, now, now let's talk about the context of Zechariah, especially chapter 2. God's people have been exiled to Babylon. They've been carted off, taken as hostages by the Babylonians. Jerusalem has been sieged, has been burned, has been broken down. And so the people have lived in Babylon for years and years and years as prisoners of war. They finally have returned. They've been set free and they come back home to Jerusalem. And everything has been destroyed. I mean, think about coming back to Louisville and everything's destroyed. And, and you got to rebuild. And, and yet there, there's an excitement about them being home and about them rebuilding. And in their excitement, this one fellow wants to run and, and measure the city. How big is the city of God? Like, like, what do we have to work with? And what's available to us? And what can be done? And, and on his way out in his, in his uh, enthusiasm, <laughs> an angel says, stop that guy. You, you can't measure it. You can't measure how big God is. You can't measure how big, you know, what, what God can do. It's just, a, it's an impossible, impossible task. And it's one, things, one of the things about God that just continues to blow my mind. He doesn't add up. You talk to people about tithing. You know, if you're a tither and, and you're like, they're like, well, I got 100% of my income. You go, there's no way you can go farther on 90%. It, 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 yes, you can. It, it, but it doesn't add up on paper, but it, it's just the way God is. It's the way God works. God is not human. You can't fit him on a page. He has no limitations. He's uncreated, no beginning, no end. You and I are bound by time. Time controls us. God created time. Time bows to God and he is perfect. He lives in unapproachable light. He's all knowing, all powerful. He's everywhere. This is the Godness of God. I was on my deck the other day and I was watching an ant. <laughs> you ever watched bugs? I was just watching the bug going, he, he doesn't know Jack, right? He's running back and forth. And, and I started to wonder, can that ant, can that ant comprehend me? Does that, does that ant understand the marvel of humanity? Of course it can't. But then I thought, so too can I, a mere human. I cannot explain. I cannot fully drink the majesty of what deity is. So try as we might. Sing as we want to sing. God is immeasurably more than what we can comprehend. And not only is he immeasurably more, he does immeasurably more. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Paul said to the Christians at Ephesus, Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us. When you read your Bible, I want you to understand, you read account after account after account after account of the God who does immeasurably more. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, God sent 10 devastating plagues upon Egypt in order to get the attention of Pharaoh and to finally get him to let his people go. And when those people fled and they had the Egyptian army bearing down on them and the Red Sea before them, he did immeasurably more again. When he split, he split the Red Sea and his people walked through. He did immeasurably more. He does immeasurably more when he takes a teenage shepherd and brings down a mighty giant. He does immeasurably more when he causes a virgin 
to give birth. He does immeasurably more when he takes a few fish and a few pieces of bread and feeds thousands of people. He does immeasurably more when he opens up the eyes of a man born blind and he brings back to life people who are dead. And so we read account after account in our Bible of the God who is immeasurable and who does immeasurably more. uh, And we silently wonder, well, why can't he do that with me? Why couldn't God ever do immeasurably more in my life? And friend, I just want to—I just want to just really challenge you. I, I think He has. Could you not, if we sat down for a cup of coffee and we really drilled down, could you not look back and see moment or a moment here or a moment there when God did immeasurably more for you? He opened a door. He sent a check. He sent a person. He answered that prayer. The shelf life of a miracle doesn't last too long, you know, with us. But I bet you, I bet you, God has done and is doing immeasurably more in your life if we just drilled down on it. One of the most immeasurably more things that God has ever done for us is he's given us salvation. He saved us. Last week, we talked about the broad gate and the broad road. The amazing thing is there's a narrow gate even available to us. God has made a way off broad street. He's made a way to life eternal. I'm no longer a stranger. I get to call him my father. I'm no longer having someone work on me. He comes and lives inside me. My life has purpose. My eternity is secure. He has done immeasurably more than I could ever ask or ever imagine. So today is just another classic example of God doing immeasurably more. We're taking up an offering in a few minutes to turn a bunch of old offices into new kids' ministry space, but it's immeasurably more than that. I want to remind you, this is not just about space. We're asking God to do immeasurably more than space. This is way bigger than 2,600 square feet. This is way bigger than drywall and carpet. This is way bigger than dollars and cents. We're asking God to do immeasurably more. We're asking God to plant seeds of love and grace into hundreds of children who will pass through that space. We're asking God to do immeasurably more to water those seeds of love and grace that in time that'll yield a harvest a hundredfold of little children who will come to know him as Lord and Savior, that those kids will be brought up to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, that those those little ones will grow up to be strong links in a great chain of faith that will change generations to come. So friends, whatever we do today, whatever is counted today, It cannot be fully measured because what we're asking to measure is impact in lives and souls and eternity. So our prayer is simply do it again, God. I've had people ask me, what do you think? I have no idea. I don't, I I just, I just know God's going to do immeasurably more. It's going to be immeasurably more. That's our, do it again, do it again do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. So the angel says to Zechariah, man, that guy, 
Bringing back, you can't measure God. You can't measure the, the works of God. Bring him back because God's immeasurable and he does immeasurably more. But there's one more thing that blew me away in Zechariah chapter two. Look at verse five. Look at what God says. God says, I'm gonna be a wall of fire around it. Talk about the city. I'll be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Now you and I read this and we're like, that doesn't mean anything to me. The Jews of Zechariah's day, it would have dropped them to their knees, and here's why. Do you remember the first temple that the Jews built? King Solomon built the first house of God. God, I'm gonna, David, David said, God, I wanna build you a house, and God said to David, you're a man of war, I'm not gonna let you build it, I'll let your son build it. So David made all the plans, and Solomon built this magnificent temple, this magnificent structure for God. And you remember they had the Ark of the Covenant, the thing Indiana Jones found, right? The Ark of the Covenant, where, where, where it was this box, and it had the Ten Commandments and some other stuff on the inside, and as they, they couldn't touch it, they had to carry it on poles. And on top of the lid, the mercy seat, there were these two angels and their wings came all the way up and didn't quite touch. But in between the wings of the angel, the Bible tells us was the Shekinah glory of God, the presence, the presence of God. It was so overwhelming. It was his footstool, a cloud of fire by night and a cloud of smoke by day. But there was the literal presence of the literal God that they carried around with them. And when that thing, when they built the temple, that first temple, when they built it, and they brought that Ark of the Covenant in on the very first day to dedicate it and to put that Ark in the Holy of Holies. Something amazing took place in that first temple. I want to read it to you. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 5. When they brought the Ark of the Covenant in, put it in the Holy of Holies, watch what happens. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Now, can you imagine being there that day, being in the choir that day, when that thing came in all of a sudden the presence of God manifested itself in such a way you couldn't see, you couldn't sing, you, you couldn't do anything but be captivated by the glory of God that filled that place. Well, <laughs> that temple got burned to the ground. That temple got destroyed. That ark got carted off. So when God tells Zechariah in this I'll, I'll be the glory of this place. They're, they're looking around. There is no place. It's all broken down. There is no ark. It's carted off. And what God is saying is my glory, my presence is not dependent upon a building. It's not dependent upon a box you carry around. I will be the fire around it. I will be the glory inside it. And man, the people had to have just dropped to their knees and gone, immeasurably more. But you and I, we stand on the New Testament side of the gospel and he does immeasurably more than that. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have something immeasurably more than the people of Zechariah's day. Do you remember what Paul said? Look at 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your bodies are what? Temples of the Holy Spirit. Who is where? In you, whom you've received from God. God, God does it again. He does immeasurably more. He, he, he didn't just say, I'll rest between the, the wings of the angels. Oh, okay, I don't need a box. I don't need a temple. I'll, I'll just hang out in this city. And then he says, I don't even need a city. I'm going to hang out and dwell in you. 
I will be the glory inside you. God doesn't live in a building. He lives inside of every believer. We house his glory. We house his presence. I've got something and you've got something King David never had. I've got something, you've got something that Moses never had. Elijah never had. Noah never had. Man, we have his glory. We have his presence inside us. And man, that just, that just, mar I marvel. I marvel at that. And because the glory of God, because the presence of God lives in me, my response to that is just to glorify his glory. To glorify his glory. That's your purpose in life. That's my purpose in life is to give God glory. That's what the New Testament says over and over again. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 5. Look at the words of Jesus. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and what? Glorify your Father in heaven. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the what? Glory of God. Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. This is the sole purpose of our life. To glorify the glory. To say, God, I want to give you praise so we have been filled with his grace, his presence, glorify the glory. So the prayer for us every day is, God, how might I give you glory today in my job? God, today as I go to school, how can I give you glory today in my school? God, how can I glorify you in my family? God, I want to glorify you with my possessions. God, I want to make your name famous in my neighborhood. God, I just want to bring you glory in my words, in my thoughts, in my actions, how I deal with people, in my ups, in my downs, when I get good news, when I get bad news, I just want to give you glory. So here's what we wanna do. Here's what we wanna do. In every single row, at the ends, now this was where it was first service, I don't know what happened after first service, but every single row, there should be a little box of pens and there should be a card. There should be cards like this. I need you, I need you to pass it. Everybody's gotta have a card and you're gonna need a pen, all right? So let me give you 20, 30 seconds. Every row, find where they might be in the pew rack in front of you, but find the cards and find the pens and pass them down. You are not gonna wanna miss out about with what we're about to do. We're gonna talk about glorifying God, okay? So, so, so the card you're going to hold says, to God be the glory. There's a space for you to write. I'm going to give you a little time to write something down. There's the date today, October 22nd, 2023, and there's a place for you to sign it. So, so here's what you, I'm going to have you write a prayer in just a minute, your own personal prayer, okay? And your prayer is going to be focused around this. God, how, how could I bring you glory, what would it look like for me to glorify you at work? God, as a family, what would it look like for us to glorify you as a family? What would it, what would it look like for me to make your name famous? God, what would, it, what would it cost me? What would it cost us as a church to make sure that we continually seek to bring you glory? So it's, it's your prayer. God, how can I glorify you in my life, in my church, at my job, at my home? God, how do we want to glorify? How, how can I glorify you? Now, now in a minute, in a minute, as you're, you're going to work on this in just a second, but that's what you're going to do. A little prayer about how you can glorify God. In a minute, 
we're going to collect our offering. Now, you may have put it in the box already. You may have given online. You may have taken a QR code. You've seen these around, and maybe you zapped the QR code and you gave that way. It doesn't matter how you gave or if you've given. That's fine. That's fine. But if you, if you brought your gift, you didn't give on one of these ways, we're going to have you come up and bring your offering. But, but we're also going to have every single person come up and bring these cards. You're going to bring these cards about how you want to glorify God in your life. And here's what we're, these cards. So, so, so the, the offering will be counted. We'll let you know what that is next Sunday. But all these little cards are going to be collected. And in our kids' wing, all of our kiddos are doing something similar. They're talking about how they can glorify God as they grow up. They're drawing some pictures on what it would mean to glorify God. In a few minutes, we're going to bring our kiddos in. They're going to bring their offering. They're going to bring their little glorify God uh, prayers. <clears throat> and, and here's what we're going to do with the cards and with what they draw. All the cards and what they, the kiddos draw are going to go into a time capsule. And we're going to cut out a little hole in that K through second grade wing in the drywall. We're going to put this little time capsule into the wall. We're going to put a little plaque on it. And here's kind of the cool thing. So today... Today, the fourth Sunday of October, October 22nd, 2023, five years from today, five years from today will be October 22nd, 2028, to the day, to the day. So that time capsule will be opened up the week before October 22nd, 2028, and we're going to put these cards, we're going to bring all this stuff back out, and some of those second graders will be seventh graders. And some of you will be able to hold your card and, and be able to say, okay, God, this is what my prayer was five years ago, how I wanted to glorify you. And we're just going to see, did God do something immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine? My, my, my card will be in there, you know, five years. A lot can happen in five years. I might not even be alive in five years. If I'm alive in five years, I'll read it. If I get hit by a truck because I'm eating a pint of Jenny's ice cream, not paying attention, you read my card. I'll be in heaven looking at the glory of God face to face, so it won't matter to me, right? But we're going we're gonna to ask you to, to come and bring that card, and we want to just seal those in that wall, and we want to do it for the glory of God. In five years, I can't wait to see person after person who said, you know what, I, I wrote a prayer to God telling him how I wanted to glorify him in a couple of different ways, and look at what he's done since that very time. So let me give you a couple of minutes. We're going to play a little bit of music. I want you to pray. I want you to write a prayer to God. How would you like to give him glory? And then we'll, we'll move on. Hey, it's Matt Zola again. That was a powerful message we just heard. I pray that what we have learned today wouldn't just be stored in our minds, but would move into our hearts and help us to be conformed into the image of God's Son, Jesus. And I pray that that message helped you become a better follower of Jesus and taught you how to love, live, and lead like Jesus. If you want to talk with somebody about something you just heard or you want prayer for something going on in your life, there's somebody on staff who would love to connect with you. Why don't you email us at office at ferncreekcc.org and we want to put a name to your face. We want to know your story and we want to connect with you in person if we can. Again, that's office at ferncreekcc.org. You know, one of the things we value at Fern Creek Christian Church is being a part of community. If you've been listening to our sermons online or you've been watching our services on YouTube or Facebook, why don't you come visit us in person one Sunday? We would love to get to know who you are, and we believe that we grow better as followers of Jesus in community 
and not in isolation. You know, God gives us community as a gift. We have services every Sunday morning, and we hope that you'll feel welcomed enough to be able to join us and worship with us in person. Thanks for tuning in today. Grace, peace, bless others this week.